Uh, and he says, I don't know what you guys are in jail for. And some are in for the weekend. And some are in for DUI. And some are in for, you know, nickel-dime stuff compared to what I was looking at. He said, I don't know what you're, what you're in here for or why you're in this service, but I'm here to tell you, if you die without Jesus Christ, if you die without the forgiveness that he went to the cross to purchase by shedding his blood, you die before you get your sins scripturally forgiven. you got bigger problems in prison. I was looking at 37 years at the time, and I went, oh, thanks, preacher. Thanks for cheering me up. I, oh, church is so much fun. I'll just be honest with you, I didn't like the preacher. I didn't like his cop-looking haircut. I didn't like his tie. I didn't like his message. I didn't like his Bible. I didn't like anything about him. I didn't like somebody coming and telling me that I had bigger problems in prison. I didn't like somebody coming in and telling me I was going to burn in hell if I died without Christ. I didn't like that any more than anybody else. I'm sorry, was that too loud? Miss said, where is she? Oh, I'm kidding. <laughs> you know me. Uh, but I'll tell you what I do appreciate. That book says in John 8, 32, and you shall know the truth, and the truth shall make you free. Amen. I'm an American. I like freedom. Amen. Amen. I wasn't very free living in a five-by-seven cell all that time. Uh, but uh, that preacher showed me from this book what real freedom is. And real freedom comes from getting your sins forgiven so that you can end up in the right place when, not if, when this life ends. I'm glad to be saved today. And what we've got in common with First Bible Church is Jesus Christ. Brother Pat and I, we met because we were in a place where he was being sung about, he was being preached about, he was being worshipped. And as different as people are, and listen, I'm, we're in all 50 states and uh, traveling around 25 years, people are very different. And sometimes it's strange, sometimes it's fun. But the thing that I marvel at, and you've, if you saw my book, or if you've had it, Biking and Brotherhood is the name of it. That was something that I've been looking for from the paratroopers 50 years ago through 15 years as a one percenter. I was looking for real brotherhood. And this is it. And as different as people can be, as different as Christians can be in different parts of the country, the blood of Jesus Christ is what we have in common. So shame on us sometimes for making a bigger deal out of our differences than rejoicing in what we have in common. We're here today, gathered here today because of that blood of Christ. Now, some of you may not be saved. Well, it's available to you. And uh, our prayer is that you get it. Take your Bible this morning. Go to 1 John chapter 5. I appreciate your prayers. I had uh, total shoulder replacement seven weeks ago at the Veterans Administration in Dayton, Ohio. And uh, I had to cancel a lot of meetings to do the rehab. And I'm not done. I got another month to go. I'm AWOL from rehab right now, from physical therapy. And I've got to sneak out of here <laughs> and be back at the hospital at 9 o'clock on uh, Tuesday morning. And so if they ask me where I've been, I'll, I don't know what I'm going to tell them yet. <laughs> Somebody get saved this morning and make it a lot easier to tell them I've been playing hooky for a good reason. Amen. But we do appreciate your prayers and your kindness. Verse 13. First John chapter 5 and verse 13 
this is a, a, well, it's a great verse. There's so many great verses. There are, the, the writer you are with God, the more good verses there are. When you're not right with God, there's some verses you hope the preacher doesn't go to. <laughs> Amen. That's too much pressure for me. I just like to get as right with God as I can before church. And then if there's something, and there usually is something that needs some spiritual attention, I like to keep the list short. <laughs> Amen. That's a good formula, child of God, to try to just stay as right with God as you can on a daily basis. Study the Bible. Read the Bible on a daily basis. Pray to God on a daily basis. Prepare your heart on a daily basis and then come to the house of God saying, God, I, you are so wonderful. I do praise you. I do worship you. I do. I want you to speak to me. I want you to search my heart and reveal to me if there's something that needs some spiritual attention. And some people come to church with that attitude. I try to. And you know what? They're the people that seem to enjoy Christianity so much more than people that, you know, kind of like, you know, on the edge of their seat, hoping that that's Holy Ghost conviction. Amen. That's too much pressure for me. I'd rather try to get right before I get her, but certainly before I leave, Amen. if the Lord shows me something. First John chapter five and verse 13, John writes, well, he says it. These things have I written unto you that believe on the name of the Son of God, that ye may know that ye have eternal life and that ye may believe on the name of the Son of God. That's where eternal life comes from. Nowhere else, Jesus said in John 14, I am the way, the truth, and the life. And then he adds this for knuckleheads, hardheads like me, maybe some of you. No man cometh unto the Father but by me. That's where it's at. Ain't nowhere else. No other opinions. Amen. All right, so John begins the verse with these words. These things have I written. And John, John's an apostle. John was one of the original four Galilean fishermen that Jesus called in Matthew chapter 4. John's been in on it from the ground floor. And he wrote, he wrote five books of your Bible. The Gospel of John, if there's a book there that I can recommend to someone that doesn't know Jesus Christ personally yet, know of him, almost everybody in America knows of him. Again, uh, way too many of us used to take, too many still do, take his name in vain. But to get to know him personally, he is revealed as the sinless son of God in the Gospel of John. What a great book. He wrote these three epistles, 1st, 2nd, and 3rd John. And then the Lord called on him to write the book of Revelation. He wrote a lot of stuff, a lot of important stuff. What we're looking at tonight or today, these things have I written. Again, the Gospel of John presents Jesus Christ as the Son of God. Matthew has a genealogy in it that goes all the way back to Abraham to prove that he is indeed the king of the Jews. Luke has a genealogy that goes all the way back to Adam. To prove that Jesus Christ was indeed 100% man as well as 100% God. Somebody asked me in a jail service one time, said, Brother Burton, how do you explain that? How can you explain the Trinity? That's impossible. <laughs> My Bible says with men these things are impossible. I told the guy, I said, huh, I don't know, man. I, I, I can't explain it. I never tried to explain it. It never occurred to me to try to explain it. The Bible says it. I believe it. 
That's what faith is. The Bible says, for by grace he is saved through faith. Not because, you know, oh, I studied it and now it makes sense to me. It has never made sense to me that Jesus Christ would leave heaven and come down here and take what he took and go to the cross for me. Now, I don't know about you, but I know me. I wouldn't have done that for me. That'll make sense. But I'm glad, I'm glad the Bible says it and I believe it. And I know it's true, not because I choose to believe it's true. That book says, therefore, if any man be in Christ, he's a new creature, all things are passed away. Behold, all things become new. That morning in that jail cell, something happened. I couldn't describe it. I couldn't uh, give you the verses on the circumcision made without hands. I couldn't tell you about, oh, now I'm already seated in heavenly. I didn't know any of that stuff, but I knew something was different. And he didn't make a wimp out of me. And he didn't make a rat out of me. He made a child of God out of me. And I started looking at things different. And I had a desire that I never had before. Like, come to church and find out more about him. That makes sense. Brother Brother Dean over there in Staten Island says, if you're saved, you owe Jesus Christ a hearing. He deserves that. If you're not saved, you do yourself a favor to give Jesus Christ a hearing. He cares more about you than you care about yourself. Amen. Amen. That's a tall order. Because the problem we have this day and age is people care way too much about themselves. Jesus Christ trumps that. Amen. Amen. The book of John will give you the genealogy of Jesus Christ in the first verse. It goes all the way back to God because he is God. What a blessing. Amen. Uh, uh, John wrote uh, some of the most profound verses in the Bible. I mean, come on. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that whosoever believeth in him should not perish but have everlasting life. I got to tell you, uh, that struck a chord with me 32 years ago. And now, even now, even now, it's still probably the most profound verse in the Bible Amen. to me. And I, you know, it's like when you get saved, oh, here's my favorite verse. Here's my life. I got hundreds of them now. But I tell you what, uh, you can't really do any better than John 3.16. John wrote that. To put it in black and white, to bring it down to our level, to show us how much God cares for you. He gave his only begotten son, but mark it down, friend. Over there in, uh, in Titus chapter 2, the Bible says, looking for that blessed hope and, the, and uh, looking for that blessed hope and the glorious appearing of the great God and our Savior, who gave himself for us, that he might redeem us from all iniquity. Amen. Uh, God didn't make Jesus Christ go to that cross. He volunteered. He went. And he went to redeem who? Us. From all iniquity. All iniquity. What sins are you talking about? I don't remember them any. That's what we're talking about. Amen. Uh, He wrote this too. John chapter 5 verse 24. Verily, verily, I say unto you, he that heareth my word. We're Bible people, folks. We're not religious people. We're Bible people. I didn't know there was any difference before I got saved. I didn't, but there is a difference. He that heareth my word and believeth on him that sent me hath, I love this word, everlasting. Let me define that for you. It means everlasting. (laughs) That seems simple, but it's 
Some people have a lot of confusion with that. And, and shall not come into condemnation, but is passed from death unto life. Are you saved this morning? Amen. That's you. That's pretty profound. John's burden was for people to know that they could have eternal life. Somebody said, I don't know who says stuff like this. I don't even think like this. Somebody said the Gospel of John was written at the fourth grade level. I've noticed that we're graduating uh, uh, seniors out of high school that don't read at a fourth grade level these days. Amen. But I'll tell you what, I don't know about that. I don't know if that's true, but I know this. If it was, it was written because John had a burden to make it easy to know that you could be forgiven and that you were forgiven. Amen. Uh, go back if you have, well, you're probably still there. First John chapter 5, and we read verse 13, but I want you to look at verse 10. And the Bible says this, it says, uh, He that believeth on the Son of God hath the witness in himself. He that believeth not God hath made him to made him a liar because he believeth not the record that God gave of his son. We're talking about what John wrote. We're talking about the record, verse 11. And this is the record that God hath given to us eternal life. And make no mistake about it. (laughs) And this life is in his son. Period. You see that? Verse 12, he that hath, that King James Bible is just so difficult to understand. That's what people say. I was a dopehead and a drunk for over 20 years, and when I read all of sin and come short of the glory of God, I got no problem understanding what that meant. You don't need to dumb that down for me. This verse in verse 12, it says, he that hath the Son hath life. And he that hath not the Son hath not life. That's real clear. I hope you have him today. You can. Amen. You can. And uh, verse 13, back to our text, it says, These things have I written unto you that believe on the name of the Son of God that you may know that you have eternal life. Even that song we sang, I don't know a lot of things, but I know one thing. I know that I'm going to heaven when I die, not because I got a haircut, put on a suit, cleaned up my act, you know, went through my uh, federal probation, and I'm a model citizen, and I am all that. But it ain't ain't because it came natural. It's because of Jesus Christ. Amen. Amen. I know whom I believed. Uh, Many believe it's impossible to know. I've talked to people. You do personal work, knock on doors, talk to people, witness, Try to end out track. Do you know where you're going to spend eternity? And I've heard this many times. It's impossible to know. It's impossible to know. And boy, I'll tell you, the Bible says you can know. We've read the verses twice right now this morning uh, that you may know. Wondering, this is how I think. Wondering daily. Now you've trusted, you believed that Jesus Christ uh, uh, died on the cross for sin, for your sin, that he was buried, rose again the third day. You believe that. You got no problem with that. A lot of people around the country believe that, acknowledge that. But they're also in a system, a religious system, that teaches that. But as long, if you say this wrong thing, if you do this thing, wrong thing, if you think this wrong thing, if you go there, you've lost it. And now you're on your way to hell again? 
I'm going to tell you what, I couldn't deal with that. I couldn't put up with that. Wondering whether or not something, it's bad enough to find out you're on your way to hell, and then it's the good news is to find out there's a remedy, and the remedy is Jesus Christ. Praise the Lord. Don't you die. Don't you dare anybody in here die and go to hell in spite of what Jesus Christ did on the cross for you. Y'all have no excuse. You're hearing it now. You'll hear it every time you come here. Amen. 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 The most important thing you'll ever do is to get your sins forgiven. That's a good place for an amen right there. To me, the thought of, of waking up tomorrow wondering if something I said, something I did, something I thought, something I watched, something... Cost me my salvation. Buddy, that book, and I quoted the verse, uh, 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 you shall know the truth, and the truth shall make you free. Uh, That ain't freedom, buddy. Wondering if you're going to lose it is bondage. And that ain't what Jesus Christ came, put you in bondage. He came to set you free. All right, that was the introduction. How are we doing so far? Okay. We can stop right now if somebody wants to get saved. Anybody want to get saved right now? That was a little too quick for me, brother. Okay, no problem. I got plenty more. That was only page one. How many pages you got? Brother Gippa, you do that, and he'll have like 18 pages. Make everybody nervous. I'm not doing that this morning. Our text said this. Let's pray again. Father, I love you, and I pray that you meet with us in a mighty way. And when I say that, I mean continue to. Because the spirit was good from, from pulling up in the parking lot. The singing pra- uh, brought praise and honor and glory to you. And I commend these young men. Some of them I've watched grow up. And it is a joy to my soul to see them uh, leading worship, a real true biblical type worship service to bring honor and praise uh, to our glorious Savior. Lord God, I thank you, God, for this haven, this lighthouse and this place and this effort and desire of this preacher and these men that have gathered around, ladies, too, to make it available, to make the word of God, to make the gift of God, the, the, gift, the, the gift of God, eternal life, available to people in this area. To give hope to them and to their neighbors and relatives, too. We take what we're being fed with here and, 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 and commit it to those that need it the most. God, what a thing you have let us get involved in. Forgive us for taking it for granted. Forgive us for letting the cares of this life uh, overshadow the importance of this great commission that you've given. And we're all guilty of it. We're all susceptible to it. And, uh, and uh, so thank you, God, for a place to come to be reminded that you are indeed the main thing. Not just in our personal lives. But you're the main thing this world needs. People are looking the wrong direction, looking for the wrong things to fix this. Uh, This is, it doesn't matter. You're the one that's going to fix it all. And we look for you to come back, but help us to be faithful between now and then. Help me to say something to be a blessing to you and put a smile on your face. Glorify your son and, and, and be a help and a blessing to this dear church and God. My burden like John's. If there's someone in here that is not saved, does not know where they're going to spend eternity, I pray they would not leave here that way. Thank you, Lord Jesus. I pray it in your precious name. Amen. All right, so he said, these things have I written. So we read that. That's verse 13. These things have I written. But this is the final 
as we have it, as it's the final chapter, it's the end of a letter, an epistle. So in the course of that epistle, he wrote some things, and he bears witness to it in our text. Uh, these things have I written. So let's look what he wrote. Go to uh, chapter 2 and verse 3. We're in 1 John chapter 2 and verse 3. Now we're talking about knowing some things here. And it says this, and hereby do we know that we know him if we keep his commandments. It almost sounds as if you can lose your salvation if you break one. And, and again, there are people that interpret it uh, that way. In other words, you break commandment, you, uh, you uh, lie, cheat, steal, kill, etc., you lose it. But it's not what it means. It's not what it means at all. It doesn't mean if you're really saved, you never mess up. I sure hope it don't mean that. <laughs> it, doesn't, it doesn't mean uh, uh, that if you're really saved, you've never broken a commandment. It doesn't mean that. It says in 1 John 1 and 8, if we say that we have no sin, we deceive ourselves. And the truth is not in us. It says keep his commandment. If we keep his commandment to keep, how many have heard the word keepsake? Keepsake. You might have an inheritance or you might have something valuable that, that's very precious to you. And it, again, valuable. And maybe it's something that you're going to pass down. And, uh, and uh, so that's what I think of when it says uh, keep his commandment. I mean, it, means, it means have them in, in a place in your heart of high esteem. Value them. Uh, in John chapter 6, uh, Jesus Christ asked a bunch of disciples uh, Oh, well, they, uh, well, verse 66, from this time on, many went back and walked no more with them. Amen. It wasn't because of persecution. It was because of hard preaching, hard sayings, things they couldn't understand, things that we take by faith, but they're trying to figure it out. Don't try to figure it out. Just believe it. Amen. Jesus Christ said to the 12, will you also go away? Preachers, that, I mean, Jesus Christ seen people leave him. It does happen. Peter answered and said, uh, to whom shall we go? That's it, man. I didn't leave any place to go back to. Amen. He said, to whom shall we go? Thou hast the words of eternal life. That's why we highly, highly regard the word of God. That's why we endeavor to keep his commandments. We keep them precious to us. We keep them important uh, to us. Uh, amen. Uh, uh, that means when you sin, it bothers you. And you want to do something about it. You don't just ignore it. Again, you want to keep short accounts. Say, well, what do you do about it? It's simple. Repent. Amen. When the still small voice of God is knocking on the door of your heart uh, and you don't have the peace and you don't have the joy and you don't have the fellowship and you don't have the longing for the word to speak to you because you know there are issues that need attention. Uh, friend, give them the attention. Amen. Yeah, try it. Say, well, that sounds kind of weird. Well, try it sometime and see if you don't get it then. When peace is restored. When joy is restored. Amen. Amen. Before I knew what the peace of God was, I didn't miss it. But boy, when I met the Prince of Peace, I got a hold of something that uh, very valuable to me. Amen. So how do you know? Well, it's in that book. We're talking about keeping his commandments. Let me tell you what, if you're saved, that book means something to you. It says uh, this uh, verse, let me see, 1 John 2 and verse 5. Yeah. 
But whoso keepeth his word in him verily is the love of God perfected. Hereby know we that we are in him. Paul, uh, Paul, John was interested in you knowing some things. Amen. Amen. And I'm telling you, I want you to know that, uh, that you're in him. Amen. Amen. Listen, let's face it. Let's just be honest. If you're going to lose your salvation, like probably a majority of religionists teach, if you could, you would. In this traffic, (laughs) I'd have probably lost my salvation on the way over here this morning with that motorhome. (laughs) Amen. (laughs) But the Bible says, for by grace are ye saved. Through faith, not of yourselves, it is the gift of God, not of works. Let any man should boast. We're saved by grace. It's a gift. It's not of ourselves. It's nothing we did. If you're going to lose your salvation, wouldn't it be more accurate to say you're saved by grace? Say, what do you mean? Well, you're just slipping in and out of the body of Christ all the time. I don't want to be saved by grace. I'm in. I want to be in. I want to stay in. <laughs> Amen. Amen. You don't lose your salvation when you sin, or he wouldn't have put 1 John chapter 2 and verse 1, my little children, these things write I unto you, that you sin not. Well, that is what we're shooting for. Amen. Uh, but, and if any man sin, we have an advocate with the Father, Jesus Christ, Amen. the righteous. Amen. Advocate means lawyer. Believe me, I know more about lawyers than I ever wanted to. <laughs> Amen. So he said, these things have I written. And the first thing he wrote, it speaks about the importance in your relationship, the proper priority you give to his words. Thank God we have his Bible. We have the finished revelation. We have the King James Bible. Amen. There's a lot of Bibles. How do I know which one? Let me tell you something. Two things that are different are not the same. It does matter. All right. But that ain't today's message. This is, though. Uh, we're talking about things that John wrote. How about First uh, Peter? I'm sorry. I don't know where that's coming from. Don't worry about it. First John chapter 2 and verse 23. The Bible says this. Whosoever denieth the Son, the same hath not the Father. But he that acknowledgeth the Son, that's the Lord, Jesus Christ. You, you got that. Uh, he that acknowledgeth the Son hath the Father also. Listen, like I said, if, you're, if you talk to people about the Lord, I hope you do, you'll hear people say, I believe in God. A lot of people believe in God. There's a lot of gods. But there's a lot of people that'll acknowledge they believe in the same God you do. Amen. I'm not talking about Allah. I'm not talking about, uh, well, I can't think of their names. Buddha, for one. Uh, But listen, believing in God is not Bible salvation. It says, James chapter 2 and verse 19, Thou believest there is one God, thou doest well. Amen. The devils also believe and tremble. So when he says, thou doest well, that's like a backhanded compliment. Let me tell you something. You can believe in God and that... All that does is make you smarter than an atheist. (laughs) It don't make you saved, and it don't make you smarter than a devil. Amen. (laughs) 
Amen. He says, uh, we're talking about acknowledging the son. Uh, look at verse, uh, well, no, let me read it to you. Or you can turn there if you want. But John 14, verse 1, Jesus Christ said, let not your heart be troubled. You believe in God. Believe also in me. Amen. Romans 10, verse 11 says, for the scripture saith, whosoever believeth on him. The context is Jesus Christ. Whosoever believes on him shall not be ashamed. Amen. I preach in prisons and jails when I can, and I was in a, 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 maximum, a, a maximum security juvenile a facility in northern Kentucky some years ago. We had murderers, guys in there, killed his mom and dad, and all kinds of stuff. And uh, said, don't care how old you are. It'll get you. It'll take you farther than you want to go. And uh, so I preached in there. Now they can't come. There's no place for them to come and pray. And, and uh, so I, I preached and I give an invitation and, uh, and asked for some of them guys. That, oh, I asked if anybody wanted to, for real, first time, pray and ask Jesus. I mean, get a hold of it. Pray and ask Jesus Christ to personally forgive their sin. Not just, oh, I'm in trouble. That's how we do it. And, uh, and head bowed, eyes closed. And I don't know why we have to do it that way. I don't know who invented that. I guess it makes it easier. And about 12 hands went up out of about 18 guys. And we usually see fruit in places like that. Truth of the matter is, uh, uh, that's what it takes for some people to never slow down and shut up long enough to hear the word of God, to hear that they got bigger issues in their life than whatever it is on their agenda. Amen, that's where I got it. Some people say, well, you got to get so far down that the only place left to look is up. That's, hey, that's me. Amen. Amen. So these guys, about 12 hands went up. And I said, okay, all right, that's good. Put your hand down. They put their hands down. I said, okay, look up here. And everybody looked back up. Now I said, now if you, if you pray now, Jesus Christ to save you, and you meant it, and he knows, and, and, and you meant it, and when we had heads bowed, you raised your hand. Uh, uh, I want you to stand up. And now it's a little different. Eyes are open, and the guys are like, uh, you know, looking at each other. And finally one guy stood up, and then another guy stood up. I said, let me tell you something. You, can, you try to tell me you just asked the Son of God to forgive you all your sin and write his name in the book of life, and you won't stand up in this room full of convicts? I wouldn't give you a plug nickel for that little prayer you just prayed. Say, well, that's kind of hard. That's Bible. The Bible says, whosoever believe in him should not be ashamed. I'm just a Bible guy. Amen. Man, I, Paul said, for I'm not ashamed of the gospel of Christ, for it is the power of God and the salvation to everyone that believeth, to the Jew first and also to the Greek. I got it on the everyone clause. I didn't qualify. I didn't measure up. I didn't turn over a new leaf. He made, he laid it out there and says, here, dummy, you want to get saved? Yes. And I got it. Amen. Amen. I'm not as dumb as I used to be. Yeah, I got a lot to learn. There's a lot of things I don't know, but there's some things I do know, very valuable things I know. I know what the most important issue for you is. I'm a prophet. Let me tell you the prophecy. You die without Jesus Christ, you're going to go to hell. Jesus Christ went to the cross to make a way for you not to. Now, I'm not a counselor, but if I was, I'd give this advice. You need to get that thing nailed down today. You need to get saved. It's not hard. I did it in a jail cell alone. Amen. 
You can get it in a church where you've got people with Bible that can answer a question, pray with you. Amen. We're talking about some things John wrote. It says this. It says this. We see this too much. It says this in Titus chapter 1 and verse 16. They profess that they know God, but in works they deny him, being abominable and disobedient and under every good work reprobate. You can say whatever you want, but if your walk don't match your talk, you've got serious issues. And I'm not trying to guilt trip you. I'm saying you may very well be on your way to a devil's hell. You better get that thing straightened out. Amen. And Paul, uh, John, uh, they wrote these things that they wrote. He said, either acknowledging, he that acknowledgeth the son, that the father also. John's burden was that we can know, not float around, you know, in some limbo between knowing and not knowing and being religious and He knew who we were. He knew how we were. And God, the Holy Spirit of God, put it on John's heart to write the way he did so that we could have some assurance and confidence. Because if we're going to do anything for God, if we're going to make a difference, if they're going to see anything in us to cause them to ask a reason of the hope that's in us, again, well, they got to see something. All right, verse, verse, uh, let's go to 1 John Chapter 2, and look at verse 29. We're talking about the things John wanted you to know. Some things that you can know. We live in a day and age, you know, this information age, and Google, and YouTube, and don't get me started. Amen. And there's some things we can know. All It comes right out of that book. I've never one time had the battery go dead. I've never lost a signal. <laughs> And if I did, it was my fault, and I know how to get the signal restored. I re- yeah, maybe this will preach, Brother Pat. I, I rebooted. <laughs> I got on my knees and said, I'm sorry, God. Boom. Next thing you know, the signal's strong again. Five bars. <laughs> Hold on a second. I got to take some notes while I'm preaching. <laughs> no, really. All right. First John chapter 2 and verse 29. Bible said, if we know that he is righteous... If, let's read it right. If you know that he is righteous, you know that everyone that doeth righteousness is born of him. I want to say it like this. If you're saved in here, there's something in you that wants to do right. Amen. Yeah. And again, I'm already, I want to make clear. If you're saved in here, you'll do right every time. You'll bat a thousand. Only one person I know of bats a thousand. Amen. And that's Jesus Christ, just for clarity. But if you're saved, there's something in you that wants to do right. Now, your flesh isn't, isn't interested in doing right. Unless it benefits him. It says in Colossians chapter 3 and verse 2, set your affection on things above, uh, not on things on the earth. And I tell you what, I don't care. You may save, be saved, love Jesus, believe the King James Bible, and be a nice person on top of that. But if you don't make a point to set your affections on things above, up there, where things you can't see, I mean, because your flesh is interested in seeing, tasting, touching, smelling, hearing. You understand? Five senses. That's your flesh. And unless you make a point, unless you make an effort to set your to set your affections on Jesus Christ and the things that this book tells us about are 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 are, are yet to come. Uh, uh, neither have entered the heart of man the things that God has 
prepared for them that love him. You got to ponder that. Because the devil will make sure that you're so stinking busy and your little phone and your computer and your television. There's going to be so much captivating your mind and you can still be saved and love God. I'm not saying you can't. But I'm here to tell you, if you're really saved, I was a con artist before I got saved. I mean, what, is it, what do you mean by not a professional? Just by nature. If I did right, it was because there's some benefit for me. If I did right, it might have something to do with fear of getting caught. Even now I do right, those aren't even considerations. I want to do right because Jesus Christ did something when he saved me. And I failed sometimes. But even when I fail, there's something in there that wants to get it right. Amen. Amen. That might just be evidence that you're a child of God. Looks to me like. Amen. Amen. All right. Here's where I say last of all, and I, you give a hearty amen. Didn't fall for that, huh? Or are you just refusing to give me a hearty? I'll preach this. So, no, never mind. <laughs> first John chapter three and verse, uh, first John chapter three, verse 14. Now the, this is, we're going to. First John 3 and verse 14 says, we know that we have passed from death unto life. That is what we're talking about. Amen. We know that we have passed from death unto life because we love the brethren. He that loveth not his brother abideth in death. I'll tell you what, there was a beautiful picture of brotherly love took place yesterday afternoon over on Staten Isle. How many of you were there? Some of you were there. It was a great example. Uh, 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 it was Brother Veach's 30th year deal and birthday. But to me, Jesus Christ said in John 13, 34, a new commandment I give unto you that you love one another, uh, even as I have loved you, that you have loved one to another. And then verse 35 says, by this shall all men know that you're my disciples, if you have loved one to another. And that's what was going on over there. It was a good time. Amen. And, uh, and uh, acknowledgement of friendships and service. And anybody that was there that's not saved, and there were people there, relatives and things like that. They, I mean, if I wasn't saved, I'd be going, what is going on? And I know exactly what was going on. It was brothers and sisters that loved each other. Going back to the beginning of the message for one reason and one reason only. Not because of blood, can friendship work together. Because of the blood of Jesus Christ. Amen. 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 So, listen, I tell you what. I, I, just to be honest with you, I was in motorcycle gangs for, for all them years. And, and I would have never in a million years pictured myself fitting in with this crowd. <laughs> this crowd, that crowd, as I travel around every week, a different bunch and, uh, and I got saved because I was willing to admit I was a sinner. I worked at being a sinner. That wasn't hard for me. If you're sitting there thinking, well, I never sinned, you are delusional. Amen. You need to get your medication adjusted. <laughs> Amen. The Bible says all it's in. It comes short of the glory of God. We're sinners. You speak, don't, quit comparing your little sins uh, to those big ones you read about on, on the news every day. 
And by mean, we live in a day and age where not only is are, are, are things out of control, horrendous, ungodliness going on all the time, but we're hearing about it at lightning speed. And it makes it easy for us to think, whoa, I'm compared to so-and-so. I'm pretty good. Well, you might be pretty good compared to so-and-so, but you get into heaven by having zero sin. And only one thing can remedy that, your sin problem. That little white lie once in a while, that'll keep you out if you die without Jesus Christ. Amen? You can get that little white lie forgiven if you know Christ. Well, sorry, Lord. He goes, yeah, I know you are, but I'll forgive you anyway. Amen. I'm here to tell you, I would have never uh, pictured myself fitting in as a believer, but uh, and we're in church, like, I don't know, we've been, had 40, 48 meetings a year in church, average of five days a week for years on end, and uh, we're slowing down a little bit because my wife's getting a little older, and I want to be, <laughs> no, that is my trophy wife, you know, she's much younger than me. Anyway, um, Amen. Uh, there's no place, there's no crowd I'd rather be around. If I ever doubt my salvation, that's what I do. I look around. You know what I see? Brothers and sisters in Christ. And say, somebody said, well, I don't like you. I I understand. I don't like me either about half the time. (laughs) Amen. But, uh, boy, I couldn't imagine. Sometimes I, don't you, don't you just wonder how you, you have friends, you give prayer requests, you hear things. How does the world go through some of the things that it goes through? Just like we all have done, maybe. Depends how old you were when you got saved. But aren't you glad you got the Lord Jesus Christ? Amen. 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 I need this. The Bible says most men will proclaim everyone his own goodness. Ain't that the truth? Especially on social media. I need to be around people that proclaim the goodness of Jesus Christ. That's what I need. To provoke me that he's the best thing ever happened to him. Because he's the best thing ever happened to him. He's the best thing ever happened to me, that's for sure. And uh, I wonder about people who claim to be saved, don't want to even go to church or, or leave the second it's over, just punch in the clock like you're doing God a favor. I don't, I don't really understand that. But, uh, but uh, uh, if they're, listen, religious people go to church more religiously than we do. If you don't want to like being around God's people, I, I, I worry about it because what do you think heaven's going to be full of? Amen. Amen. If there's some place you'd rather be than church, and I'm not saying maybe there's not some exception once in a while. I'm not, I don't even like to promote that idea. But I'm not saying that. I'm not a legalist. Amen. But if there's some place that you'd rather be than church and you think, well, I can sit at home and eat an Egg McMuffin and listen to, you know, TBN. I'd really, I would be concerned about eternity if I was you. Because religion ain't getting you in to heaven. And if Jesus Christ moved in, it changed some things. And you can know it. Amen. Again, a lot of things I don't know. But I know that. A lot of people believe we can lose, your, we can lose our salvation. You know what? <laughs> we probably deserve to. Amen. But that's not how he operates. And we should be thankful about that. So John wrote some things. Here's a recap. Hereby do we know that we know him if we keep his commandments. 
Uh, whosoever denieth the Son, the same hath not the Father, but he that acknowledgeth, acknowledgeth the Son hath the Father also. Amen? Amen. We know his righteousness. If we, if we know that he is righteous, you know that everyone that doeth right, there's something inside of you that wants to do right. Amen. Amen. And I'll tell you what. We know that we have passed from death unto life. That's what we're talking about. Because we love the brethren. And it doesn't even stop there. Because if it did, you'd say, yeah, but. So John finished the verse with these very profound words. He that loveth not his brother abideth, abideth in death. There's a lot of things I don't know. But I'm glad to know I'm saved. Do you know that? Amen. Are you saved in here this morning? Amen. It isn't because of feeling. It isn't because something you saw. It's because the Holy Spirit of God had men put some things down in writing that you can embrace, that you can acknowledge, that you can believe, and the confidence, the more, you, the more confidence you have in these biblical principles, the better witness you're going to be out there. You ever notice that Mormons and Jehovah Witnesses, some of them know their little rap better than some of us can give the gospel? It ain't about the words. It's about living it. And if you know you got it, it'll show. Let's all stand. Preacher, you come. I don't know a bunch.